It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. This is the show that we do every Saturday where we talk to you about stuff that we've seen. The Saturday Friends Club, Night FM. Yeah, we're just we're just going to smooth talk this one. Yeah, I'm, this is a nice, gentle episode. Nothing to worry about. You know, it, actually, it is it is a very it is a very kind and gentle episode. I mean, minus the, the threats of slaughter that constantly happen. But there, but there are puppies and like baby pigs. I know, very it's, adorable. It's, it's a very adorable. Is this episode. also like our NPR episode. I mean, it's, if we if we wanted to NPR, I could kick up the compressors a bit more. Yeah. That way, we have no vocal depth. Um, <laughs> you know. just, so everything sounds exactly the same. Yeah. So speak. Just, hello. Very relaxing. This is the episode that we want you to fall asleep to. Uh, by I, the, could do, I, I could do the my goats won't give you nightmares. I could do my Lakshmi sing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like one. the like the disapproval in that. Like it hurts me in my heart. What was the disapproval? It's just just a very distinctive voice. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh over here. Uh, that's Eric. Yep. Uh, Mags is here. Yeah. Hello. Um, we are going out to the farm. We are we are going to be farm people. There's my one my one animal noise. I feel <clears throat> I had to do it since Sabrina's not here. Uh, oh, wait, what does that mean? No, so like if if she was here, she would one hundred percent be doing like farm animal noises right now. Well, would Martin be doing a noise? Uh, probably. What noise would Martin do? He might do a. I I think the I think a goat bleat. I yeah. Think, yeah, I feel I like think, he's got Sab- the. Yep. I think Sabrina would definitely go for the the, the, the immediate cute little piggy. Yeah, the piggy. I don't know. I think she'd ba. I think both. She, she, I guarantee you, she would go bah, ram you at least once. Like she all would right, definitely. Right. I'm glad that. that we've got that pun out of the way. Yeah. I mean, she would she would totally do that. See, I I, I discovered. Uh, I know we're, we haven't really gotten into it yet, but I played a lot of Warcraft two as a kid. And no, if you double <gasps> if you double click on the animals in that game enough, uh, they'll they'll have a funny little phrase they say, and then eventually they explode. But the sheep in that one go bah ram you. Yeah, it's beautiful. And as a kid, I'm like, oh, I don't get it. What does that mean? Oh, see, I got it. And then like one of the archers, the heroes, when you click on her, is like. She's an archer, and she says something about her g-string, and it was like as a kid that was incredibly salacious. Yes. And like as an adult now, I'm like, yeah, sure, I get it, fine. Yeah, she's like a she's like a uh, like a, a hundred pixels across at most. Right. But you know that there was somebody trying to look real close at those pixels. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Nobody at this table. Definitely none of us. <laughs> uh yes. Yeah, so uh, we are we are talking nostalgic things as we do every week. In this uh, club, and this in this club, this continuation club of talking on Saturdays, uh, the, it is the Rotary Club <laughs> of uh, Nostalgia. Uh, so uh, it's it's Mag's decision. Yes, this is my fault. Um, we I, watched. Uh, okay, babe. Hold, oh, well, hold on one second. I am losing my mind because of how soft we are. So I'm just gonna scream for a moment. All right, I feel better. Like it's usually me being the loudest one, so I'm glad that it's not this one. I it just it was just too much to be that calm. <laughs> Josh is I mean, we'll we'll surely have like our cries of outrage as we move our, through this our, movie. Our squeals and oinks of outrage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, it's babe. It's babe, it's a movie about a pig. And, and other animals that talk in various weird ways, and it, also the Aflac duck, and it, and it brought about the uh, the the trend of having animal talking movies. Was yeah, this the no, first it, one? Um, I don't know if it was the first one, but like it is definitely credited with talk, like like really kicking off CGI talking animal movies in a really big way. I mean, there was the look who's talking now that had animal talking movies. Oh, but it was so bad. Well, I don't remember anything about it except they didn't have their mouths move. Like back then, it was just like oh yeah, and, like, and homeward bound. They didn't move yeah. their mouths. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like that more because the 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 effects in this movie were uh, were uneven. Yeah, I was gonna say sometimes they were really good, and then anytime a sheep was on screen, it was terrifying. Oh yeah, the, the sheep were unholy abominations in this movie, like straight out of a Peter Jackson horror movie. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, just not not good. Not like good. Meet the Feebles. Yeah, Meet the Sheeples. Yeah, there you uh-huh. go. <laughs> That's the new internet version. <laughs> Wake uh, up, sheeples! <laughs> They're CGI. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, like that took a turn for Shaggy, but we'll figure it out. Ducks are making the chickens gay. I don't know. <laughs> Baking the chicken. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a joke in there about the duck like trying to go and fuck some of the chickens, but you know, <laughs> he says like I tried it with the chickens, but it didn't work. <laughs> like, hey, now. <laughs> That is true. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and do it. Um, Mags, what's, what's your background with Babe? Um, so it might not surprise you to know that I didn't have a lot of friends as a kid. And instead, I uh, like had animal friends. Uh, and I liked reading about animals because they were always nicer than people. You really um, were an elf. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm really more of a hobbit. I'm just not tall enough to be an elf. <laughs> like, I don't have that svelte thing going on. Um <laughs> It's not about how you look. It's how you feel on the inside. God, if there's nothing else, Mr. T has taught me that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I have to quit. That was a good line. I can't can't top that. That's that's it. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Um, Yeah. So I remember, like, watching this as a kid, and I remember watching the second one. We had, like, a lot of dog movies, Um, and, uh, like, we were in the 4-H, you know, and that kind of stuff was, like... uh, Real big. Um, and then I think we saw this in the class at least, like, eight times. Like, it was one of those movies that, like, in our in high school, we watched Remember the Titans every time that we sat down to watch a movie. Um, and I think in elementary school, we watched Babe a lot. Yeah. Not, a, not, a, not the worst movie you could watch on a rainy day. No, I think, like, Babe actually really, really stands up. Yeah, I like, was going to... I think was, oh. we had different sensibilities for what we wanted out of children's movies. Um, like, especially with regards to shock or, like, dark material. Um, and I don't think that actually maybe like the, I like, I hate when people say coddling cause they usually just mean being considerate. Um, but I think sometimes like we, like we should talk about bad things that happen with kids and movies are a good jumping off point for that. Um, and so I think like, this is a good way to talk about kids about like what food production actually looks like. <laughs> uh, maybe like, you don't want to go obviously into like factory farming. Like this is your best case scenario for livestock. Yeah, this was but a pretty, like, this was pretty clean for factory farming. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. So like, I watched this a lot as a kid. Um, uh, I liked talking animals because they always seemed nicer than people. <laughs> um, I believe I watched this at least once or twice. It feels like one of those movies that like the English teacher is out. Or and... it was maybe like on the TV at the pediatric clinic while you're waiting to get shots. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that like you watched it and you were like. Okay, this is inoffensive and semi-educational in a way and uplifting, but you know, there's no, there's only like particular like tiny pieces that you ever remembered. It's like there's a pig, he he does the sheep thing, and there's some mice that are that sing and, and the mice, like the the live action mice from the Muppets are in this is basically yeah they shouldn't be but they're there the knockoff um, chipmunks that show off yeah the um the I, worst Greek chorus. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Um, I, I, like, I can't remember if I'd seen this. One. I, I maybe have seen it once before. So I was going into it basically fresh. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we go ahead and talk about? Oh, I got to uh, say some things, Mags, while I spin this wheel until the right thing shows up. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, let's talk about a little bit of the trivia for this movie. Okay. Um. The the actor that plays the farmer, um, was a longtime vegetarian and working with the animals in this movie. Uh. Uh. He turned. Uh, turn to veganism is not the way to say that maybe uh, like it, it pushed him further like along that path that he thought that like this was the, the more moral way which is kind of interesting because if you were originally vegetarian and then you went vegan it's like what was the, what was the piece on that of just like nope dairy and eggs bad too well but I mean like a vegan also talks about other animal products like for instance in the case of sheep wool mm. so like you know if you're working with a lot of sheep and you don't think that they're being handled well um, and you know, like you're like, it's not fair that these animals live like this, so I can have a nice sweater, you know. Like I can see it. I you don't know, agree and, with it. And but. he does have that scene where he is like laying out the the like the sheer mat. So maybe he was just like, never again, never again. All right. Well, I've got the thing cued. I can hit the button whenever I want. So that means that I can hit this button, and we're gonna talk about Babe. This is 
Are you sure you didn't queue up like the last of the Mohicans theme there? <laughs> well, it's also one of those movies that's like heavily orchestral and like, yes, there is no like actual theme song to this beyond their like rendition of classical music over and over and over. Also, or all, although now that you've mentioned it, I sort of do want like a Disney-esque I want song from Babe now. I like, I mean, I, I like that. Uh, I like Bodrons and like and Fife and everything. So that that worked well for me. Yeah. Well, I want the duck to sing some his form of rendition of "You've Never Had a Friend Like Me." So <laughs> <laughs> the duck is basically the Affleck duck. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of vocal range for a duck. <laughs> it's Gilbert Gottfried, or that's about it, or Donald Duck. Uh, so, um, do you want to go ahead and do the rundown there, Mags, or shall I? Sure. I've got the. I've got. I've got some <laughs> notes here. Um, so this is based on a book uh, called The Sheep Pig by, uh, and I'm, I'm not joking, Dick Kingsmith. Um, was he, he was English? Yeah, and so like the book is set in rural England, but nobody in the movie has English accents, but it's very rural England countryside yeah. I, setting. I, I have a question about the actual rule before we continue. Was this movie dubbed? Uh, I don't, don't believe so. I don't think so. Because, so, I don't know, the farmer, the, the actress playing the farmer's wife, it was like her face did not match her lines. It was very strange. They might have had to redo it, but, like, this movie, like, won Oscars. Like, it's kind of known for its, like, quality of production. Right. So, I, like, I wonder what is going on there. It is her first time on screen. I, I went and looked her up, and she's, like, this Australian celebrity that everyone loves. So that's funny. Yeah. Well, it was filmed in, I think, New South Wales. Yes. It was filmed in New South Wales. Uh, also, it's one of the reasons that it does have that weird feeling because it they have a lot of stuff that's like, oh, this looks like it could be the UK or Australia. Or New then, Zealand. But then everybody drives on the right side of the road and everybody uses American accents. So it's like... Right, they use American accents, but they dress like old English country farmers. Yeah, so they, they have, have like these county fairs that are very... Yeah, it's it's like... It's it's very of a time and place without actually being in a time or place. It's timeless. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the movie itself is a 1995 Australian-American comedy drama film directed by Chris Noonan, produced by George Miller, and written by both. Uh, as said, the adaptation of The Sheep Pig, um, also known as Babe the Gallant Pig in the U.S., uh, which tells the story of a pig raised for livestock who wants to be a sheepdog. Uh, it includes characters that are played by a combination of real and animatronic pigs and border collies. Um, in fact, baby pigs grew up so fast, they went through 48 baby pigs making this movie. Mmm, how delicious. <laughs> They're all very cute. And delicious. Um, uh, the movie took seven years of development uh, before it was actually... Yeah, it was a 10-year yeah, project. This was a passion project for the director. Like, he'd been wanting to make this movie, this book, into a movie for a very long time. And it was all just pre-production? Uh, it was mainly waiting for the technology of the mouths to get right. Whoa, okay, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, the book had only been out for like twelve years at that point. Huh. Um, by the time this movie came out, so like, uh, yeah, no. So it's an interesting story behind the movie. I don't have a lot of as many of the details as I want. Yeah, uh, there's there's some other interesting things like James Cromwell uh, originally took the role. Um, because he noticed how few lines there was for him. Like, he noticed that there was, like, 600 <laughs> Joke's lines. Joke on you, you're on screen for, like, 80% of the movie. Yeah. yeah, that was the joke, is the fact that he didn't realize that he was just going to be there while narration is playing and everybody else talking, but he was just present. So. He, he like, <clears throat> I, I will say, overall, the tone of this movie is interesting. It feels like a live-action Wallace and Gromit. It does. It has that kind of, like, I don't know what English, very polite whimsy about it. Yeah, like anything could happen, and you would just be like, "Oh, well, that's just how Morgard is." And I and I would say, like, it, I was like, "Well, it just needs a Rube Goldberg machine, except there is one." Yeah, so it's like I think it's a live act. Yeah, that's well, that and like I think uh, that character in particular, he felt like a character from Hot Fuzz. Yes, and like he's this perfect face Yarp. for like Yarp. stoic old English farmer. <laughs> Like it's, it's the perfect face for it. Yeah, a guy with like a newsy cap and a slightly red nose. Yeah, and like a lantern jaw and like like sort of leathery skin with some wrinkles on it. You know, he spent his time in the outdoors. Sideburns that go down to the jawline. He's clearly a man who spent more than a shilling at the pub. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, but those days have passed him. Of course. He has a wife now. Yes. Um, I do like that the woman uh, who played... Uh, his wife, if Josh, you could pull up her name real quick. I assume that's what you really Whoa. need to do. Um, so they wanted her, like, the age of the the wife in the movie is about 50 years old. 
and she's only 30 when she did this role. So they had to age her up a good 20 years to make her look like wow. a middle-aged housewife. Yeah, so Esme Hoggett, uh, which was Magda... Magda. It's Magda. Magda. It's yeah. not, quite Polish. Yes, I'm not going... The last name is like Suzbanski. So Magda Suzbanski. Poland's uh, vowel economy never quite recovered after the collapse <laughs> of the Soviet Union. <laughs> These can be null vowels now. We have to use what we have. It's important. Okay. Uh, you want to run into the plot? Sure. Uh, babe is an orphan piglet. Uh, uh, and the it states here, is chosen for a guess your weight contest at a county fair. So I, hold on a second. Yeah, what I know. Is, okay. I, I, well, I wanted to go back to to the point where it brings up all the pigs and the little piglets and the mama pigs. So you were going to say something. So yeah, yeah, okay. So the movie starts out and you see like you're hearing Babe tell the story about like how like all these pigs are born in this sort of barn and then they leave. And I think like he says they go to heaven. Well, and they, it's so it's so good that none of them ever want to come back. Yeah. And you're like, oh, buddy. Oh, boy. Oh, my good friend. So oh, my sad. good buddy. Um, And then like you see uh the piglets eat, uh, suckling from this mother pig and then a bunch of them are let out. And then, like, just a little baby's remaining. And they're like, oh, he's just a runt. Well, and then, like, the robo thing that comes down that still continues to give them milk. Um, the, the horrible thing is the fact that after, like, seeing documentaries of, like, pig farms and things are going like, oh, no. Even though they're like, they never seen sunlight. I'm like, no, their conditions are pretty nice. <laughs> like, they're able to stand up at times. Yeah, <laughs> this movie this movie is uh, not yeah. idyllic. Yeah, compared even to in the its, reality. Like, even in its, like, sad, dark parts, it's idyllic compared to, like, the realities of actual factory farming. Oh, God, this movie makes me feel bad about eating meat. Ugh. It's, it's almost as, like, yeah. episode where we all become vegan at the end of it. <laughs> nope. I might, I might I'm going to go have pork it. after this. Forget you. Bacon, bacon, bacon. You just go back, like, and Josh is going to go home and, like, like all right, honey, we're going, we're going vegan. What? <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty much just, like, for every meats you don't eat, I'll eat two meats. <laughs> for uh, every vegan that tells me that they're vegan i eat a slice of bacon okay so here, here's my take is it's just like the thing has already been killed like saying that you're not going to eat it is not going to bring it back i'm i'm yeah. certainly like i try to sure yes but that's a very simplified argument like there's a whole like demand that you're creating true and if you eat less meat less animals will be killed i right. think i think as a general rule the one thing i think like most... it's not like dead animal flesh just appears on the store shelf josh i think the one thing yes. I, I found most people can at least agree on is it's probably at the very least good to eat like significantly less meat yeah you can endeavor to not have meat with every meal i think it, it just that would do an enormous whether or not you're vegetarian or vegan uh, or if you're someone who will happily you know bite the head off of a living animal um, I think that's one that most people can agree on. It's like that's. I think that's a a thing that like that we could all do that would lead to a, a better outcome. And yeah, I don't know. Like in the height of the drought, you know, we're all California. We're living in California. The drought is a thing that we always talk about. Um, like uh, in the middle of the drought, I stopped eating meat every day. Um, and, and also almonds. Those are also pretty horrible water. Eat, uh, yeah. Anyway, babe. yeah, yeah. My ground beef comes in a tube. Anyway, um, <laughs> comes from a lab. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, so Babe gets put in a box, and we pan over to a county fair, um, and there's like a he's in a wooden box, and it's like a guess the weight, if you guess the weight, you get the pig. Um, and so that's when we meet Farmer Hoggett, and then you see that he's well liked by his community, and he gets this baby pig, um, and so he takes, because he doesn't raise pigs, there are no other pigs on the farm, right? He raises sheep, and therefore has a bunch of border collies. Um, who are wicked smart dogs, and so he gives the pig to the border collie that has some puppies. Oh, he's a wicked smart dog, there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. And there's puppies. <laughs> so many border collie oh, puppies. Oh god, they're they're disgustingly adorable. It's a very cute movie. Um, so the the pig is it, raised by the border collies until you see the dad border collie, and you're like, oh, it's it's Agent Elrond. He's grizzled. Um, uh, and so that's that's Fly is the mother border collie, her mate Rex, and then their puppies. Um. Uh, we also meet a duck named Ferdinand who poses as a rooster to pair, uh, spare himself from being eaten. Uh, Ferdinand persuades uh, Babe to help him destroy the alarm clock that threatens his mission. Because once the alarm clock has been like successful, they no longer need a rooster. Right. And so he'll be on the chopping block. Um, they succeed, uh, but they wake Duchess, the Hoggett's cat, and in the confusion, accidentally destroy the living room. Rex sternly instructs Babe to stay away from Ferdinand, now a fugitive, and the house. Uh, sometime later, when Fly's puppies are put up for sale, 
Babe asks if he can call her mom. Now, we should mention that a lot of these segments are are like story have like storybook endings. Well, yeah, it, yeah like it fades to black. The and middle then... the middle of the movie is basically a series of vignettes, and they have title cards and everything. Yeah, and the mice read the title cards in the most irritating fashion. Um, but yeah, no, like this is a time where it's clearly like, hi, we're developing these characters. We want you to really care about them, so everything later can be like the worst punch in the gut that we can give you. Why is the cat? Why is the cat always evil in these movies? Have you met a cat? I have one. You know my cat. Yeah. Did you watch your mouth? He's sweet. I mean, Red is pretty good, yeah. but like also, you know, he'll stab you. I mean, very little. I mean, his his paws, his sweet little paws, do have little knives on them. Yeah, I know, but like, like I'm a dog person. Dog dog paws have knives that they can't retract, and you know, like they don't go out of their way to hurt you the way the cats do. But then they wolf real loud. Some of them. Wolf. And you work with them. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, I maintain that cats are incredibly self-interested. We haven't domestic... We're in this weird period of like mutual domestication with cats, and we'll figure it out, I'm sure, in another I, two or three thousand years. I kind of appreciate... Uh, and I, I love dogs, but I also appreciate the cats. Like, they're, 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 they're independent enough that like I can respect that. They're not totally... I mean, like I, we had a lab. We've had a couple labs in my family, um, but the dogs I think that I loved the most were Great Pyrenees. And they're very independent. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, they have to respect you. And they never obey. Like, they're not obedient dogs. They, like, if they respect you, they might listen. <laughs> and, like, that's, like, you can work with that. Like, that's a working relationship. And it's not like, hi, you're an extension of my will. And therefore, you need me around all of the time. And if I'm not here, you're going to chew up the fridge. We're getting off topic. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, babe. Well, this movie is about animals, so. Yeah. So, babe has a mom. So, babe has a mom who's a border collie. Um, and she gives oh. him good advice. And she tells him that sheep are stupid, which is true. This movie but, comes across as very anti-sheep, like yeah, like um, it's it's very it's very like master race inferior. Like oh, I don't like that. It yeah, it was just odd that it was just like there's sheep a are, weird. Well, I mean, like sheep are like famously dumb. Yes, they are very stupid animals. Uh, when my mom when my mom got the Great Pyrenees, uh, when we were kids, like she went down to a Mennonite farmer across the state border, and you know, like she was like, "Hi, I'm looking for a dog that's big, barks a lot, and is good with dumb animals like sheep and children." Um, and that's how we got that kind of dog. Oh, okay. Um, so Christmas brings a visit to the Hoggett's relatives. His but, relatives who are straight, who are like very Tim Burton-esque characters, I feel right, like. Right, like this movie sort of like wobbles or like really dances that line between like stylized whimsy yeah. and like, uh, well, I, I guess it doesn't dance the line. I think uh, it's like very intentional from like you have this pastoral sort of whimsy and then you're like, hi, the realities of food production. I, it's just like his, their family that shows up, they feel like characters out of Beetlejuice. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair deal. I wanted this color. Stupid kid. <laughs> that was the worst. Why are, kids, why are kids terrible in this movie, too? I, well, children are, you know. <laughs> well, true. Okay. Um, so they almost eat Babe for Christmas dinner, but a duck is picked instead after Hoggett remarks to his wife, Esme, that Babe may bring a prize for him at the next county fair. Mm. On Christmas Day, Babe justifies his existence. Uh, by alerting Hoggett to sheep rustlers stealing sheep from the fields. The next day, Hoggett sees Babe sort the hens, separating the brown from the white ones. Impressed, he takes him to the fields and allows him to try to herd the sheep. Encouraged by an older ewe named Ma, the sheep cooperate. Barek sees Babe's action as an insult to sheepdogs and confronts Fly in a vicious fight for encouraging Babe. He injures her leg and accidentally bites Hoggett's hand when he tries to intervene. Rex is then chased into the doghouse. Chained. No, chained, sorry. Chained to the doghouse, muzzled and sedated, leaving the sheep herding job to Babe. That was sad. It was. And when you learn Rex's dark backstory, where God, like this movie is really dark. This movie has like weirdly for for a movie with like adorable talking animals, like it's also really dark. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think a reality of sort of like uh Being on a farm. Being on a farm in like the nineteen forties or fifties, which appears to be when this is set, like Well, they have a fax machine though. It has to be in like the eighties. That is true. Yeah, but like they're tr okay. Well, yeah. Well, oh, then I have. But then I don't they, know what's going on. I like that there's a phone drop as a result of that revelation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but then you have to think that their vehicles look like they're straight out of like the fifties. That's why I think. That's why I think it's just it's a timeless tale. <laughs> it's like the big fish of talking animal <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Um, a movie so, that I have not watched, but hear a lot about. I don't know if I would rewatch. Anyway, that's I guess <laughs> another episode. Um, one morning, Babe is awakened by the sheep's cries and mine, uh, manages to find three dogs attacking them. 
there's two big giant sort of fluffy German shepherd looking things and then like something that looks like a, a bull terrier mixed with something else <laughs> and they're chasing the sheep and chasing the sheep and then they uh they they manage to uh injure ma 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 um and he chases them off and then um he's like trying to wake ma up and farmer hoggett comes and finds him with blood on his nose what? And I don't know if you know this about pigs, but they're omnivorous and will eat anything. Oh, yeah. I know they'll eat anything. They can get their mouths on. Yeah. Um, I'm quick. just surprised his immediate reaction was, well, clearly <laughs> this tiny piglet I would like to share sheep. a story of a friend of a co-workers of mine's uh, pig and sheep story. Uh-oh. Oh, all right. Uh, so that he had a pet pig that grew up into, like, a big hog because it was an actual, like, farm pig. I don't remember how they got it. That's not part of the story. But this hog just started to, like, they put him in the in the pen with the sheep so he didn't be lonely. And then he got bigger, and then he got bigger, and then he got bigger, and then he um, killed their ram. Whoa. And then, like, ate its guts, which is, like, of course, the good parts, um, and then wore it for a little while. He wore the ram's skin around the pen, and that's when they figured that they had to, like, let this pig go and take him <laughs> to get slaughtered. And the story goes, like, it's, it goes off from there, but I'm just saying that, like, Farmer Hoggett knows what's up. I guess. He's but, wrong, but, like, these are not bad instincts. But at this point, like, the, it's a tiny piglet still. Right, but now he has the taste of blood. <laughs> Um, wow, that's pretty metal, though. Right? I'm the ram now. <laughs> right, I'm the boss. Hail Satan. <laughs> um, so Hoggett uh, takes him. Um, he's just he's just about to shoot him. Yeah, he's just about to shoot him, and then Esme walks out, and I was like, oh, somebody lost six lamb. There's some wild wild dogs in the, 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 the loose, and like you can see the relief and sort of like, ah, I knew that I trusted you. And Hoggett's eyes, and it's very rewarding, and you cry he put some the, more. I knew that I trusted you, and I didn't want to shoot you, but I totally was about to shoot you. Yeah. I like that he put two shotgun shells in there, just in case like, the first one didn't kill the pig. <laughs> I mean, you know, hard head. <clears throat> um, oh, missed, sorry. Uh, so, Esme leaves on a trip. And then Hoggett does his... Okay, so there's this thing... What is her trip exactly? Don't know. It's like to hang out with a bunch of other, like, dotty old ladies in a hotel room? And maybe it's somebody's hen night? Who knows? But... Like a bridge club or something? <laughs> maybe. Extreme bridge! Um. So Hoggett is teaching Babe... Has taught Babe to be a sheepdog, right? To, to herd the sheep. Um... And his his managing his ability to sheepdog is like unlike the dogs who just kind of like bark and scare the uh, the sheep. He you, just pretty much goes up and politely asks them <laughs> if he would if they would do the thing. You could have just asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So and everyone is like looking at Hoggett explaining the routine uh, because there's a routine like you have to like guide the sheep around these obstacles and then like into a well, pen and then close the gate. I like that it's like televised dog competition and that, that was very like flight of the concords like their favorite show is the like auckland dog or what was the new zealand like dog show yes um and so like all of the other people looking in and there's this moment like where the narrator is like uh and you know if you have those sort of moments that those thoughts that don't leave you alone like you should follow them because that might be destiny and i was like oh that's kind of that's kind of cute um and so um uh, Hoggett signs Babe up for the local sheep herding competition. It's raining the night before. Um, as it is raining the night before, Hoggett lets him and fly into the house. However, Duchess scratches him. The when, cat. The cat, yeah. Um, when when he tries to speak to her, so uh, Hoggett immediately confines her outside. When she's let back in later, she gets revenge on Babe by revealing that humans eat pigs. Even master? Or... Yeah. Boss is what uh, they boss, call him. Boss, yeah. yeah, which I think is also adorable. Yeah. Um, uh, horrified, he runs out to the barn and learns from Fly that this is true. The next morning, Fly discovers that he's run away. She and Rex alert Hoggett, and they all search for him. Uh, Rex finds him in a cemetery. Also, <laughs> like, high pigs eat things. Yep. Would not be... Anyway, um, sure, Hoggett was like, no, please, 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 please. I cannot be the man whose pig dug up the local cemetery. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be weird. It would be. I'm sure it's happened. Grammy Wilson! <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Babe went to go get his own revenge. Bum, bum, bum. Pig in the city turns way dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, another movie with a weirdly dark sequel. Um, uh, however, so Hoggett brings him home, but Babe is still really demoralized and refuses to eat. Um, Hoggett gives him a drink from a baby bottle and sings to him, "If I had words," and dances for him. And this, he, uh, this he, he catches madness and starts dancing, like jumping around the house like a crazy person. Yeah, it's great. Like the knees are up to his elbows. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, gangly dance. 
Um, if if Esme were home, I'm sure that they would have had to kick the pig out. All right. <laughs> Deep philosophical question time. Uh-oh. The relatives from earlier, are any of them his children? Does he? Why does he have a baby bottle? You you have to hand feed animals like that makes sense <clears throat> to me. That's true. So like so if a, if a, if a you um, rejected her lamb or something like that, you might have to baby right. them, bottle feed them. So you're thinking that they're just separate relatives because they never mentioned like you know family. They just mentioned relatives. Yeah, like they never talk about their kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have them. I don't. They didn't look like children. They looked like the kind of like relatives that you only have over for Christmas, like once yeah. every two or three years, and you don't really like them. But like, you know, they're only cousin left or what have you well like, yeah because you made them this like awesome dollhouse and the yeah. kids are like, they're, they're the type of relatives that don't get hugs they get handshakes well yeah. i mean this is a very you know yeah that makes sense to me from these farmers um <laughs> anyway I, I just wanted to give that tangent since i just thought about it you're welcome <laughs> thank you i appreciate thank you thank you for sharing josh you're, you're active right. listening yeah um i'm here <laughs> So somewhere in here, we get the backstory of why Rex is no longer allowed to sheep herd. Yeah. Um, in that, like, it was he, was, he was trying to herd the sheep, and it started the rain, and he tried to get them out of the flood water, um, and then the sheep wouldn't listen to him, and so he just, uh, like, he just, um, uh, like, he's found, like, in a tree, almost dead, and right. the sheep have all been drowned. It's, like, deep, dark. And so now he can't hurt sheep anymore. Like he's just—that's his grizzled back, dark backstory. Yeah, he's the, um, he's the guy. It's like he's—I'm retired. I'm retired. I can't do it anymore. My, I mean, my, I can't imagine that I would also want to work with sheep after having lost an entire herd like that. It's my dark, edgy dog OC. <laughs> he's also like—he's also voiced by the guy who is Agent Smith and Lord Elrond. So it's extra extra funny hearing the voice come out of that like terrible animatronic. Yeah, his isn't the best. <laughs> Um, that just makes me want to at some point when he notices the like sheep going into the circle just being like and they will be the fellowship yeah. of the ring <laughs> well I mean yeah it's yeah the, it's, the pig is kind of like a hobbit I mean yeah laid back he's the smallest lot. roundest among them they get to eat a lot if little feet yeah yeah so, okay he just needed a, a like second pig sidekick just to be a decide at all times yes we have to remake this movie. We got oh. Babe Three. Get me the rights. <laughs> Babe Three. Babe Lord, three Lord, fellowship Lord, in the city. Lord of the Rings edition. <laughs> yeah. They got to bring an apple to. Uh... <laughs> Don't take a bite of the apple, babe. <laughs> Again, Ringo Starr. <laughs> gracing us with your okay, presence. Ringo Starr is in the studio right now. Yeah, and this is the thing. Ringo Starr is, is the Sam of this tale. <laughs> Um, Would you like to use uh, some Wings songs for the soundtrack? <laughs> no, no one wants that. You can li- you can just li- you don't even license them. We'll give them for free. No, <laughs> poor Ringo oh. Starr. So uh, we'll just be on me yellow submarine. <laughs> which we we're gonna do that movie at some point. Okay. Oh no. Okay. So uh, Babe, now that his heart is back in its right place, and that he really thinks that Hoggett loves him, um, he he begins eating again, and they go to the competition. Uh, babe meets the sheep that he's gonna be hurting, but again, so like before, we we it's been made clear that the dogs move the sheep by yelling at them, and the sheep don't like it, and the dogs think the sheep are stupid, which is true, and the sheep think that the dogs are ignorant, which is like not, but fine, whatever. I understand this is a conceit within the movie, um, and then uh, but Babe gets everyone to move around by talking to them. Like Babe is not particularly strong or particularly fast. Even particularly clever, he's just particularly nice. He's just polite. He's the he's face just... of the farm. Yep. He is. Except, as far as I know, he never accidentally entered in a contract with Boy George. But again, <laughs> since we're making Babe uh, Babe 3, maybe that's something we're going to work in. I'm sure his... Uh, What's sure? Boy George doing? Give me Boy George. Public service. boop Okay. Um. So uh, So he tries. He tries. He meets the sheep. They ignore him. Um, as Hoggett is like made fun of by his peers and ridiculed by the public for using a pig. The, the um, animals themselves seem very concerned that he's being made fun of. I know. Just like we also have to defend our master's honor as well. Just like okay, it's a very feudalistic weird thing. Good dog. Um. So uh, Rex, who like we know isn't a big fan of of the of the pig, uh, but still like wants to protect his pig son. Runs back to the farm. His, his round son. His his round son. He's he's bald, unlike my, my other round children. Son. <laughs> but he is round and strong. Um, 
they uh, so the Rex runs back to bears and is like asking the sheep like how why is why are your other sheepy brethren not doing what my son asks them and they're like oh well you have to have a password here's the password uh, it, it turns he, out there's a secret <laughs> sheep society and they have like passwords and magical rituals and stuff right again so like this is a place where it falls in like magic whimsy and you're like how do these sheep like okay fine <laughs> like i want to know like this raises a lot of questions i want to know about the sheep infrastructure that allows them to, to convey information in this multi-generational anyway um are they like are they right like do they have like little sheep books <laughs> they're all they're all part of the masons they mentioned Masons. They, they mentioned clans. I don't know if they're like they're scotch. Oh, uh, they're all white. Oh. Um. So he gives uh, Rex gives Babe the password, and the sheep now follow uh, his instructions amid the crowd's acclamation. Uh, he is unanimously given the highest score. When Babe sits down next to the farmer, Hoggett praises him and says this very famous line: "That'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do, pig." Movie ends. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I did come up with a great idea for a cameo with Boy George. In Babe 3? Yeah, at one point he'll sing I'm a Ram without conviction. Yeah, okay, now we have to do it. Yeah, Boy, Boy George voices, voices a Ram. Yes. Uh, we gotta be get a the musical rights. number? Yeah, oh God. okay. Right, so that's what our new Patreon, we're going to have a new Patreon level. It's like terrifying. If we reach uh, $400,000, yes. we'll make... Babe three. We'll make a short film and like it'll yeah it'll be uh, Boy George and he's got like terrifying goat eyes. But unfortunately, we I won't don't be- want that. <laughs> we won't be able to get Boy George, so it's just going to be Ringo Starr as Boy George. As- <laughs> it'll be Josh as Ringo Starr yeah. as Boy George, and I'm like the bo- layers of impressions. I'm Boy George. Oh, God. <laughs> Alternatively, we could just find a boy named George so- and fulfill our contract. Boy, so comma we- George. So we sound George, here- comma boy. <laughs> we sound all oh, sound here in England. <laughs> Le- uh, sorry, audience listeners. There's some leakage from our previous episode. Yeah, let's go watch the A Team episode. It's pretty good. It's really good. It was fun. Uh, um, um, so yeah, so everyone's happy. The family gets back home. Hoggett has been, um, what's the opposite of reviled? I can't think of it. <laughs> Praise. Yeah, like he's he's been lifted in the eyes of his peers. Yes, because he, um, he trained a pig to silently herd sheep. Pigs are really smart. And you can they even are. tell that guy that was like the leader was so pissed off he had to give him a hundred. I know. You can see he was so like, like he, just just upset. He's like, I need to I can't come up with a single reason to lower your scores. That pig did exactly what we asked of him. And it was miraculous because you did not a thing. Literally not a thing. Um yeah, and so that's how the movie ends. So what happens in Pig in a City? I don't remember. Mm. We're Maybe gonna that's have another episode. We're gonna have to do our sequelitis at some point. <laughs> It'll just be one year only sequels. It does seem yeah. like I mean, because summer is coming up, it would be the summer of sequels. No, oh, I mm, the alliteration. Mm-hmm. We I have to do try to be uh, careful of where I abbreviate s things with other s things. <laughs> but we, I'm sure we can figure something out. Well, w- w- wait, when has two s's together been bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this? Santa uh, Slay. That's good. Santa Slay. Slayer's second album. There you go. That's two S's. See, we can take S double S's back. I don't I don't I I, I don't think we need to address all these issues when talking about Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm up for it. So that's I'm, a good title for a sequel, Babe Pig in the City has a good rhythm to it. I was, I was so, yeah, I think my like we, we kinda went through the plot there, but I think the macro point is like I, I had not seen this movie before, and I was, like, pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it. It's, like, I think it really does stand up. I think it's, like, it's got a weird enough tone that it doesn't feel, like, entirely it's, of its time in the way that, like, the A-Team can only exist at one point in history. Whereas, like, I could see Babe being made in, like, the 90s or, like, the early 2000s. Well, it's, um, like, it's like Wallace and Gromit. That way. Wallace and Gromit, like, I think ostensibly takes place in the modern era, but not really. Yeah. It's just very, it's just fun Englishness. Uh, everyone's very staid and proper. And I will say that I, yeah. I am not the audience for it because I do not enjoy them, but I don't like the chipmunks and therefore I do not like the mice. Right. Yeah. Fair. Th- thankfully, they are they are a pretty small part of the movie. I think that they might have like a grand total of like 35 seconds of screen time or something like yeah, that. They, they just read the title cards, basically. And yeah. then sing every once in a while. Once, yeah, oh, like yeah, Blue true. Moon and... This could like yeah. I'm I mean, I think it says a lot that I just watched this movie again today to prep for the show, and I'd already forgotten that I sang the second song. Yeah. 
I it was weird though. Like, the, the, yeah, the, there weren't really there wasn't really much in the way of musical numbers. Like, it's kind of the farmer singing, but it was minimal. And I, I think that actually helped it. it was, there wasn't some like you know plot stopping like musical number which sucked, which happens in a lot of these movies that we do. Yeah, Looking I mean, at it's you, true. Uh, we're back. I, I'm so sad that I missed that episode. I really no, like that movie as a kid. Roll back the rock, you know. Turn back the clock. Go, yeah. Um, go back the, to our, our, yeah, go see another weird, like, uh, a, a weird, like, size inc- like size inflation movie with dinosaurs eating cereal. <laughs> oh, it happens in that movie. I, uh, I mean, I know, but I'm trying to think of the other movie. <laughs> um, and when you discover it, your mind will be blown. <laughs> womp, womp. It's Jurassic Park list. 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, I, I, was, I, I, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of a fun movie. And it, it, like, it had that whimsy. It wasn't too big. Uh, I, it didn't, like, go way ahead of itself. Uh, yeah. Like, it's a small thing. Like, the big conceit. Like, the big is. Like, it is a little weird that, like, uh, Scrapes with Death happen in the same sort of movie where this big central conflict is, like, the county fair. Yes. It, um, it, well, like, the the main plot is actually, like, somewhat, like, sort of realistic. It's, like, it's something that you something you read in a kid's book. It's not, like, a total fantasy, like, you know. Right. What is it? Uh, it's sort of like magical realism. Yeah, almost. Not like a, a contemporary urban magical realism, but like a, a sort of nostalgic look at a time that didn't ever really exist. It's very like Charlotte's Web E. Yeah, I think, and that was released around the same era too, wasn't it? I think Charlotte's Web was earlier. I, I mean, I say. think the book is from the seventies, but I right. would, yeah, like uh, we should definitely do the movie at some point. It's a good movie. That's some pig. <laughs> yeah, which was what Babe was about to be. Some pig. <laughs> delicious uh yes as you said 48 pigs were used during the movie um oh the uh, guy that buys the pigs or or the guy that buys the puppies is the actual like head animal trainer oh (laughs) that's his cameo i uh, i have a friend whose uh mother was was a professional animal trainer uh so i i want to i i'll have to go i know i actually have to go back and ask them now but like i think she helped train the pig in that movie Gordy, which came out the same year. And, uh, was, and like nobody remembers. No one cares because it was terrible. Um. So like, what might separate? What one of the things that separates Babe from other movies is that it was like a critical smash. Yes. Um. This movie has a ninety-seven percent certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It was ultimately nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, when and winning Best Visual Effects. It huh. also won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Musical Comedy and the Saturn Award, which is the Canadian one, um, for Best Fantasy Film. Uh, in 2006, the American Film Institute in, uh, named Babe number 80 on its list of most America's most inspiring movies. I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty shocking. Like, in seven nominations. Back- in 1995, this was before Lord of the Rings came through and was like, hi, there will be years that some movies take literally all of the awards home. Right. And so it's like, that's, that's, and especially like a, a kid's movie too. Yeah. That's, and the, and overall the movie took home worldwide $254 million. Nice. 75% of that foreign. That's true. Like, that's, that's funny. Probably Australian, maybe a little bit of China at that time. I mean, we're talking 90s, so it's hard to tell. Probably was big in Europe. Yeah. Because it did have kind of that feel to it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a magical Hobbit, like, New Zealand universe. Yeah, I guess uh, as part of the Oscar thing, James Cromwell claimed that he paid his own Oscar consideration campaign to the cost of $60,000, <laughs> because that's how, you know, Hollywood works. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So. Um, and the film is also credited with, like, helping the rise of vegetarianism in the United States. Um, it's interesting, because it's not really a theme in the movie. It's just, like... I mean, like... It's a framework for the movie. Um, uh, like, obviously, like, it's it's how Babe comes to lose his family, but also, like, the relationship between the sheep and the dogs is, ad- like, very, uh, like, unambiguously adversarial. Right. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like kind of an, an, an ancillary theme, I would say, but interesting. Yeah, like, it's not like, hi, you need to be a vegetarian. It was like, hi, even in, like, the best possible circumstances, petting up animals and doing this is weird, and they get scared. And they don't like it. And they might not like it. Yep. But then you forget that they are jerks. 
I mean, sheep and, have weird eyes, and you just can't trust them. And then sheep. pigs will eat you. Well, I was inspired. I, I was. I did feel like you know this is wrong and everything. We should be treating them better. But then they, I realized they had weird eyes, so <laughs> that's off. I mean, they're clearly agents of the devil. I mean, I'm not. I'm not stepping aside for <laughs> for goats or sheep. Um. Tell you, I can't wait for Mags's political podcast to show up one day. It's just... Oh God, it's this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh... Speaking of satanic like ghosts, I saw that movie, The Witch, recently. It's a good movie. All right. That has a uh, no spoilers yet, but there's a satanic goat in it. So, um, another interesting little bit about the film that I really, really like, uh, and I think we touched on a little bit, at least sort of as a broad theme. Um, the first, uh, they brought in Jerry Goldsmith to score this movie the first time, and I had to throw it away because it was too dark. <laughs> Um, and so that's why, like, so much of the 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 second the theme or the the score that was used the second time is like already written works. Um, like, there's a lot of French provincial music, and right. uh, so like they had to like get that in a little faster and a little cheaper this time <laughs> because like somebody had made a very scary movie out of this, and I kind of want to hear it with the original score. Yeah, that's like actually interesting. It was like a lot of like philharmonic. Like, Right, and so like the actual Australian Philharmonic did the score for this movie, and I want to hear them doing the creepy version. Yeah, this is like uh, now this is the uh, this is like the um, it's like the ultimate this trailer recut, but as a horror movie. The, the, yeah. the Eric Stoltz, Marty McFly, like yeah. that scene where uh, like Rex is out with the lambs. It's just all of a sudden just the creepiest thing. Oh God! You or can like just hear the lambs like shrieking and uh, yeah. yeah, I want to hear this <laughs> dark thick. So uh, so yeah, babe, like like. I said I actually enjoy like having gone into a cold, like oh this is actually kind of this is kind of fun like I, I I appreciate this for what it is and as like, as a kids movie and like you're saying that it approaches some darker and realistic themes in it yeah, and then it made all those movies where animals talk and maybe that wasn't such a good idea well we liked Homeward Bound huh? well I mean Homeward Bound was before this oh, was it the ones yeah. where like the animals mouth Bound was like ninety two. Okay, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, like, I think there are obviously great movies where that happens, and I think there are obviously terrible ones. Name one. Uh, Great or terrible? A terrible. Name a great one. There you go. I answered my question. With, <laughs> there's the one with the chihuahua that's bad. <gasps> no. Yeah. The Hollywood chihuahua one? Yeah. Oh, God, that's yeah. so bad. So, there, there you go. Babe was the oh, only um, good one. Oh, Eight Below wasn't bad. I mean, I cried my eyes out. Um. <laughs> Spoilers, if you don't like movies where animals don't come home, do not watch that movie. They don't come home. Some of them do. But do watch Homeward Bound, because they do come home with the animals. All of them. Um, And it's beautiful and sad, and you'll cry a lot. And Michael J. Fox is in it. Yeah. Yeah. You you go have that moment where you're just like, is he going to come home? Is he going to come home? Is he a good boy? (laughs) He's a good boy. He's he's such a good boy. (laughs) That's right. They're all good boys and and lady. They're all good boys and a cat. Right. Um, and that's not Babe, but we have done Babe, and Babe is good. Yeah, Babe is good. Yes. Josh, what do you think? Babe is good. Would you watch this again? Sure. Are you going to show this I to mean, any children in your I, life? I would say I probably won't see it again. Um, if there was like a hey, Babe is on Netflix, and I'm with my nephew, be like, eh, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. It's something to put on. I could I could have it on the background and pop my head up every once in a while and go like. Oh, it's the paint scene again. All right. I, cool. I like this because like, as a kid's movie also, I don't feel like this movie insults children's intelligence. Yes. This is another pet peeve I have about children's movies. Right. Uh, don't ever give them anything. And I'm sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry for this pun. <laughs> don't give them anything meaty to talk about. <laughs> Bacon. Um, yeah. No, like I actually like this movie a lot more than I was. It's still very fond. Um, and, and like, I still have fondness for it. Um. I might watch it again, like on a day that I want to watch it, like a comforting movie, or like I'm sick or something and staying home and need something to do. I would probably pop this on. I would definitely watch it if if someone offered me the the Babe with the scary theme music. I would definitely watch that. Hundred percent. Like if you are watching this movie and have a copy of that soundtrack, please let us know. Yeah. Spooks. All right. Well, that'll take care of us for Babe. Um, <laughs> very all around, very like staid responses to it, but that's kind of in keeping with the movie, I think. Yeah, if you yeah. get too enthusiastic about it, it would be unseemly. It yeah, nobody be proper. Nobody's running around just going like, "Babe, yeah, baby goes into the sheepdogs, yeah." I mean, like, yeah. Anybody uh, that enthused is just like, "All right, you are seven. <laughs> <laughs> you are the primary audience for this movie, but not for this podcast, yes. right?" 
Coasting um, on nostalgia here, and it's hard to be nostalgic when you're seven. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week is going to be my choice, and I'm going to attempt to redeem myself for my last choice by mm. choosing something good. Mm. I'm going to choose King of the Hill. <laughs> you want me to go pick a show from the night? You're going to give it a class when the mic just pieces. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to pick King of the Hill, and I'm going to tell you why. This is as good as propane and propane accessories. Oh. That's a good one. That was actually all right. That was frighteningly good. I feel uncomfortable. Who's our HR? D- dang, dang it, Bobby. Dang all it, right. Bobby. So next week, uh, we will go ahead and take care of King of the Hill. Uh, first off, I want to go ahead. Thank you, Max. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone out there. And thank you very much to our Patreon subscribers, those wonderful people that keep us here and are nice enough to give us a little bit of a, a little bit of umbrage, or not umbrage. Umbrage. No, they don't give us umbrage. They no. do the opposite of umbrage. They give support us, us. Support. There you go. Um, where no, none of them have come to Discord to chew us out for our indiscretions. <laughs> not so. yet. We were afraid item crafting might do it after we did uh, the uh, the the one with the dinosaurs that are flopping around. Well, Oh, God. Yeah, the, the, we're back. Mm. But no, he was a nice guy, and he was like, okay. Um, but <laughs> Point taken, podcast people. Yes. Uh, but we won't Point go. taken, complete strangers. But we do have the Patreon with multiple levels, including if you get it, to even just put down at $1, you can actually get all the podcast episodes as they are edited now, so you don't have to wait each week for the latest collection of episodes to hit you. You can have bulk friends. You can. <laughs> just, like, way too many friends all at once. <laughs> Whoa, this is a lot of friends. It's like in the, too many friends. It's like in the beginning of The Hobbit when all the dwarves show up. Like, too, too many friends. <laughs> too, too, too many friends. Too many friends. Too many cooks will live with us forever. God, uh, I want to cut that right now. So I want to make too many cooks with the dwarves. Uh, that's, that's a <sighs> magical video. All right. Well, let me go ahead and thank our Patreons while I reach once more over towards this machine that is slightly... Your long arms. Slightly too far away just by like a slight your, bit. Uses tiny you could use arms. your microphone. <laughs> I, I've got it nearly like as far as I could go. I could, Yeah, this is all right. Uh, so I want to go ahead and thank Chuck, Dan, Francis, Item Crafting, Phoenician, Anna Radea for all being wonderful friends on our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash satfriendsclub where you can go ahead and find that. You can find us over at Twitter at satfriendsclub.com and .com version of satfriendsclub.com. You know where to find us. Come be a schlub with us. Yes. Schlub it up. Schlub around. All right. We will join you next week in Arlen, Texas. Till then, sleep well, everyone. I should hit this button. It's a good button to hit. <laughs> <laughs>